We are the Knights of Awakening. Radio. I am your host today, Charles McBride, and I am the evilest man alive today. Well, not quite. But the topics concerned will be ones focusing around light and dark, perceptions of things like good and evil, and how these things are really interrelated to each other, because there's a, a very gross misconception in the community that any of this is separate, that light exists without dark, and dark exists without light. I guess I should say that I'm the, the, the most selfish bastard you'll meet for quite some time. Because light and dark both begin their revolutions around the concept of selfishness. And I want to hit on this first and foremost before I go any further, before I say anything else as it concerns the nature of these things. It really is required that one understand the very essence of selfishness. Selfishness is the recognition that what you do, what you choose to do, what you choose to focus on, is all related to the self, in, in this statement at least, as it concerns the understanding of light and darkness as philosophies, as ideals. The very first thing you've got to look at when looking at force realism, when looking at the ideal of aspects within it, with looking at the separations and divisions, the very first thing you've got to do is put aside the idea that selfish is bad. Put aside the idea that there's anything that exists outside a selfish state. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're embracing, be it light or dark, it's based around the self, and it's based around the mirror image of the self. And what I mean by this is that light doesn't exist without dark. You cannot be truly self-centered without having a concept of selfless. And you cannot be truly selfless without really being self-centered in the things you want and that makes you selfless as a result. A lot of people like to try to define dark, and we'll hit on dark first before we hit on light. A lot of people like to define darkness by moral implications and standards of a society. And this fails. This fails dramatically, and it fails instantly, because if you, uh, if you define light and dark in that, you know, if you define it as just this, uh, this systematic concept based off of society, well, then all you've got really going for you is uh, an evil laugh <laughs> in the background, and uh, just atrocities, you know. Oh, yeah, how much bad can I do? How... How evil can I be? How much harm can I cause to people? And while this can be dark, in a sense of morally dark, morally light, you know, from an ideal perspective, 
on the overall spectrum of light and darkness. This, uh, this stops being a path or a way of life. It stops being anything connected to anything you really are. So we got to find a better measure. And the first measure that I have found years after years and years of talking to people in the force realist communities on darkness and trying to get them to explain it to me because I really didn't get it. Uh, the first thing everyone says is it's about the self. And it's about uh, being selfish in some extent. And what that means to me more than anything is it means looking inward and finding what it is you really want. But it doesn't stop there. You see, what I found after talking with people at the communities, having had a chance to experience the Jedi communities, Force Realist communities, um, specifically Force Academy itself, has been that the concept of darkness really is about what you will do to get what you want. Recognizing that you want something and defining it through what you will do, what you'll give up, what you'll take from others, what you'll give to others you know, from yourself, what you'll give up from yourself that means something to you to get this. So ultimately, what you're looking at with dark perspectives, dark ideals, dark concepts is what you're willing to go through, what you're willing to put the world through. And that has a limit. There's a sphere of darkness, as I'm going to call it. Now, I want you to think about this. You know, picture your life and all of the events floating around you that you can and can't do in your mind. You know, things you will or won't do. And what it is is the things you will do are closer to you, down to things that you'll do in a heartbeat. You know, I see a little old lady crossing the street and traffic's coming and, you know, the crosswalk, no one's clearing way, and they're just you know, the drivers are being total a-holes, I will stand at the edge of that crosswalk and put my hands up and slowly make my way out so that they understand that there's someone coming, you know, being a rather large and easy target before I'll let that little old lady cross. And I'll do that without thinking about it. And that's very, very, very close to my sphere of action. Um, I'll go to work to earn money. You know, there's a, there's a dark deed for you. Uh, very dark. And it's very close to my sphere of action. I probably won't rob someone for money. In fact, I definitely won't. It's outside my sphere of darkness. I can look at my sphere and know how far that goes. And I can also know that situations change the nature of that sphere. And that it expands and shrinks. And it's not a linear expansion and shrinking. You know, if I was down to absolutely no money, I might steal food. If, it was, if I was down to absolutely nothing. Um, but I would not steal money directly, you know, at least not initially, not until it was so necessary that I had no other choice. I would not hold someone up, though. I would not risk their life and my life over that pursuit. So that sphere doesn't bend and twist under circumstance completely. It's a recognition and understanding of how far that darkness goes and the way it twists. And everyone applies darkness in this way. Everyone applies light. Now, light is the antithesis. Light is what you will not do. And People say, oh, I don't like that. No, well, then look at it like this. Light is what you won't give up. Light is what you will fight for to keep. And it is what you will sacrifice of yourself. So there's darkness and light. And you'll notice that there starts to be light and darkness if you listen carefully to this description. With light, you're looking at what you will give up of yourself to keep certain ideals, certain ideas, certain concepts true and just. You know... I'm big on personal safety to some degree. I don't run out getting into fights every day. Um, generally, if someone pushes me, it's pretty safe that I'm not going to deck them. I know it sounds funny. It sounds, you know, people say, that's not a manly man. 
Uh, you sound you sound like you sound like Justin working on working on the website. Yeah, Justin, we're sorry. We're, I'm doing what I can. I know, buddy. I know. You sound beat and whipped. You know, but the truth is, you know, it's usually not worth an all-out confrontation if someone just pushes me on the shoulder. Now, if after they push me, I see their fists tightening, I may have to make a strike then, because there are some things I won't give up. But it's a, it's a limited thing, and moreover, if I see someone beating on someone else, I've got to question how much my safety means to me for my ideal of justice, for my ideal of good and right and righteousness, and I have to decide that I'm going to protect that ideal, that idea of who I am, that idea of what I want to see in this world and who I want to be, and that's selfish. It's not me doing it for the other person. It's me knowing that I want to be the person that does this, and the result is I'm going to step in the way. Wow, that's selfish. Wow, that came full circle. And in that, I have to become a very dark person because I have to decide what I'm willing to take from someone else. I'm willing to take their safety at that point to step in the way. I'm willing to take away their ability to do harm, their freedom of choice, their freedom of action, their freedom of life if it comes down to it. Because I'm willing to take that to be the man that doesn't see that happen. Now when it comes to morality, when it comes to ideology, these things are still defined by each other. Light does not exist without dark. You cannot have good without evil. You cannot have right without wrong. And if you believe for one minute that by taking on the dark path and taking on selfishness, you've got to become completely evil, you need to get mental help, you don't define light and dark in terms of good and evil, though good and evil may be defined within your own mind. And for most people, they're very extreme things. So instead, you've got to look for light and dark by your common day definitions. How dark can you be? I'll tell you what, if you hurt me, if you hurt others around me, I can be a really dark socially person. I can look at myself and use a very dark, very self-centered, what am I going to take from you for what you've done? What am I going to take for you for what I want? As well as very light. You know, what man do I want to be at the end of the day? How do I want to uphold myself? How do I want to look in the mirror? When the light reflects off of me, what do I want to see? mentality in this. And for this kind of thing, you really need to look at your day-to-day -day life, okay? You don't need some complex, bullshit, psychological self-analysis scenario, you know, what is the worst thing you would do? <laughs> what is the best thing you would do? <laughs> no, all that is bullshit. All of that is complete and utter bull because the truth is, your light and your dark are going to be found in your day-to-day. -day. And if you say, I would save the world, I would ask yourself if you're doing that. Are you putting in massive amounts of time trying to save the world now? No, then you probably wouldn't save the world. Are you putting in time protecting people that mean something to you? Yeah, then you would probably protect them to an even greater degree. You know, take that and look at your life and ask yourself, where your light morally and where your dark morally exists, where your light and dark emotions exist, you'll realize that they're all connected. You know, I'm a very possessive, very owning person. You know, if you're my friend, then you're mine. And that's it. You know, you may be someone else's friend. You, you, may, be, you may be the world to someone else, and that's fine, but you're mine. And that means I'm going to protect you because no one takes away my things. Very selfish. Very light, though, also as it transitions, because now I will give up a lot 
to be the person that is there for you. I will give up a lot of myself, a lot of my time, a lot of my resources to be the person that can step in the way to protect you. I will give up a bit of, I will give up a large portion of who I am. I will give up a large portion of what makes me comfortable then to protect you once you have that status. Now, if you're someone on the street and it's a situation that I am not excessively involved in, and what I mean by that is it's not an extreme situation. You know, oh, you're a dollar shy at the supermarket. That probably isn't my problem. It might be, depending on your situation, depending on how much I overhear of it. But um, I'm in line behind you. It's probably not my problem. You know, it's too bad for you. You should have some items taken off of your order. This isn't my issue. That's very dark in its own way. What I'm getting at is these things cycle, and they self-define on each other. So I'm going to give an example of darkness. And real, honest-to-God darkness as only a three-year-old could present it when I was three. And yes, I was three when this happened. I was bullied as a child. Very, very harshly bullied by another kid who decided since he was five and thereby bigger and stronger that he had the easy option of bullying me. This did not end well for him. He put me on the ground, jumped on top of me and beat on me, saying, say, uncle. And I did, eventually, because I didn't like being hit. I waited for him to stand up. And I stood up and I thought. And I asked myself, what, I, what, do we, what do I really want right now? And I thought, I want vengeance. Yeah. I knew that word at three. I actually had a very high vocabulary. I had the vocabulary of a ten-year-old. Um, I decided I wanted vengeance at that moment. I decided that my dignity, my humanity, was worth more than his. And I was going to go take it back. So I leaped on him, threw him to the ground, and started beating on him. Yelling, cry uncle, cry uncle. And he started right away because I wasn't doing what he was doing. I wasn't just hitting him, you know, on the head with my hands and beating on him that way. I was aiming for his nose and his eyes. Because I knew that those hurt worse when he was hitting me, when he would miss and hit them. So I wanted to make sure he got the full impact. Yeah, I was thinking this through while I was hitting him, too. Understand this. And he started crying, Uncle, and I kept beating on him. I think I waited till about five, six times since I was counting. And then, you know, as he's being beat on, I say to him, uh, cry louder. So he cries louder. Yeah, Uncle, Uncle. I was like, cry louder. So he keeps, he keeps screaming for Uncle, and then I, I yell at him in the most brutal statement I've ever made in my entire life. And this is this is a fight between children. This is your example of darkness because it's real. It's something that happened. I yelled at him in the most brutal cry I could ever imagine saying, God can't hear you yet. Scream louder. That's right. I wasn't going to be appeased until God himself came down and gave mercy upon this boy. Which didn't happen. His parents came first. My parents came. And my father asked the question when he seen that I had some bruises on me. He said, so why did you hit him first? Because I was a, I'm a very docile person by my nature. I don't hit people for no reason ever. And it was well known. Um, and he's like, well, I, I, I didn't think he would do this. And my father looked at him and he bent down. And he says, well, you were wrong, weren't you, son? <laughs> now, it's a very cute story. It's a very sick story in some ways because it shows you the depth of darkness. Now, would I have killed the kid? No. No. Not knowingly. Um... I was enraged. I was still conscious to a degree, but I was enraged. And I was in the state of the berserker. All I wanted was to hurt the other person. He, he wasn't human to me anymore. And I recognize that as the depth of my darkness. I recognize 
that when I go to take something from someone, I stop seeing them as a person. That especially when it comes to things emotional, I can dehumanize a person to the degree that they are nothing more than an animal. Not even an animal, because I would not have hurt a cat or a dog like that, because that poor animal didn't know what it was doing when it scratched me or bit me. But he knew better. And I was going to make sure that he knew better. Not just for today, but for tomorrow. You know, thinking on that, that's the darkest thing I've ever done. Wow. Um, not all that bad, right? At least, I don't think so. But that's me trying to rationalize, trying to find my own light to counterbalance this. My best comparison would then have to be my light, which is equally connected to who I am. You know, I had a woman where I work decide to cuss me out towards the end of my shift, and on the way home, I seen her walking down the path from my work to my home. And it's a rocky path, and I don't make any bones about where I live or who I am, so anyone trying to track me down, you already got all the information you need. I'm sure you already know everything about me. I don't give a damn. But I look at this rocky path, and she's having trouble making it down it because she's pushing this cart full of groceries not one of the store's carts at that point i would have let her go uh my kindness does stop at theft of store property but she's got one of those little hand buggies that you buy and you load things into and i looked at this and a part of me wanted to keep going and i said to myself as i stopped about two feet in front of her i just stopped and there was this moment i looked at myself and i said who do you want to be charles who do you really want to be when today's done? Who Do you want to be the guy that let a little old lady push the cart down the path because he was too busy being pissed off at being cussed out? Or do you want to be the guy who did something about this? And who do you want to be when you look in the mirror? That's very selfish, but it's selfish as into what I want to be and how I want to be and how I want to see myself when the day is done. And I turned around and I said, I got the bad feeling I want to be someone who's going to get home 20 minutes later than he was supposed to. So I turn around and I walk over and I say, let me help you with that. And she's really shocked because she probably didn't know what to expect. I'm sure she remembered cussing me out. Now, this is a rocky path. This would have been hard for me to push and I might have damaged her buggy. So instead of that, I lifted and carried this thing down that path. The path is probably about a quarter of a mile, something like that. It's a good bit of distance to carry a good 60 pounds. Maybe a little bit more than that. It's a, it's a nice walk with a 60 pound burden. But that burden weighed less than the thought of not being who I want to be. It weighed less than giving up my morality, giving up my humanity, giving up my compassion. And it was something worth trading a little bit of my dignity for. Because you don't look all that dignified when you're carrying something for someone else down a path. In fact, you want the truth, you look like a slave at that moment. You look like a slave to yourself, a slave to them, a slave to anyone who sees you. But you know, if I had to choose between some of my freedom and some of my humanity, I've got plenty of freedom. When I got home, I was able to, I was get, I was able to get home, I was able to strip down, change clothes out, wear whatever I want, do whatever I want, eat whatever I want, say whatever I want, talk to whoever I want. I've got plenty of freedom, but... How much compassion did I have, and how often do I get an opportunity to express some love and kindness to someone, even someone who did me wrong? I had to decide if love meant more than hate to me. 
I had to decide what was worth hanging on to. And honestly, that action would not be as light, in my mind, if there had not been some of that dissonance there. Some of that question of what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be, how I wanted to live in the world. So I did what I did. And this almost sounds like it could be the end of both of those statements, both of those stories. I did what I did because of what I wanted. Because I'm a selfish bastard. I'm the most selfish man you'll ever meet. I have no concept of this selflessness people speak of. I will selfishly help others, and I will selfishly protect others, and I will selfishly give my time to see others do better. You know, of those things that I do, I also take on students to teach different things to, different arts of mysticism, and it takes a lot of time out of my schedule. It takes a lot of time out of what I'm doing, and it's selfless because it's not. It's selfish. It's selfish because I want to see them do better. Because I like seeing it. And because of that, I can't say that it is not polarized by light and dark. I can't say that it isn't part of that spectrum. It is. And this is the point that I make. If I were to take and remove light and dark from these things, if I were to take and remove these concepts, these ideals, these, these things that exist within me, then I would not have any definition of the world. Light and dark are ways we define. And the dark path is, what will you give up? What will you give up of yourself? What will you give up of the world around you? And what will you make others give up in that respect? What will you take? What will you do? It is about sacrifice. Yours, theirs, and everyone else's. Whereas the light path is about a different kind of sacrifice. The light path is about the sacrifice of what you will give up to be who you will be. And that often means giving up the will to take things from others. It means giving up the will to remove things from others. And it means giving up your own will to take things for yourself from other people. It means, ultimately, that you look in the mirror and you say, I have this ideal, I have this hope, this drive. You know, I look and I say, I want to be a knight. I want to be a knight in the world. I want to know that every day I fought to the last. Uh, as, as they say in the impossible dream, you know, I, 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 want, I want to dream the impossible dream, you know. That's, that's really what I want. I want to beat the unbeatable foe. And that foe is not some big evil man around the corner. Although with the way I train, you'd think it was. You would think that my town is filled with brawlies from Dragon Ball Z. You'd think that it was filled from, with Aizens from Bleak. You'd think that there was nothing but these supervillains. That every time I turn the corner, there's Metallo or... or, or or, well, I don't know, someone more impressive, Bane. You'd think every time I turn the corner that there's a Bane hyped up on some kind of super steroid waiting to kick my ass. But there isn't. My town, my life, my home, the darkness that I face, as is the darkness that everyone else faces, is the darkness inside my own heart. And it's the darkness of how cruel I can be. And I... Do not put that aside. It is part of who I am. I recognize that without that, I could not be light. 
But when I focus on light or dark, when I look at these ideals, when I tell someone to explore it, I don't tell you meditate on the worst things you could do. Let me find some cliche evil. We don't want to look at cliche darkness. What you want to look at is what is the worst thing you would do. And why? What would it be that would move you to it? The realistic portion of it. And don't go to these half-cocked, crazy situations that you may never find yourself in. Because you know what? You find yourself in a half-cocked, crazy situation. You might surprise yourself. You might find out that you'd rather give up part of who you are, or what you have, or even your life for someone else. Just because you would rather see that than see something else. Because you would rather die knowing that you died with your boots on, with your morality. Or you may find out that you're not as light and as good and as kind as you think you are. But the thing is, exploring that without realistic context. You know, ask yourself, would I help a little old lady across the street? Ask yourself if I seen someone struggling going to their car at a store, at a grocery market, you know, at a hardware store. Would I give them a hand loading things into their vehicle? You know, if they were having trouble backing up because there was cars coming, would I... Would I step out and take time out of my day, if they had lumber in the back of a truck, to help them, you know, navigate and be able to see what was behind them? Ask yourself what you would take. You know, if I seen someone's wallet on the ground, would I take money out of it, even if it was only $5, before I turned it in? Ask yourself the more common, more humane, more mundane questions. This is where your light and your darkness lays, and as I am a man who prefers functionality. I like to give you something at the end of every show. I want to give you this exercise. This is your meditation. For those out there who want a meditation, I want a meditation! I want a meditation! Alright, alright, Timmy, calm down. Here's your meditation. Take and sit five to ten minutes out of your day. I would prefer ten for this, so you can do five minutes in one, five minutes the other. And just think on all of the good things you would do or have done presented with various real situations. Think about the times that you felt bad and you said, well, if I could go back, if I seen that again, I would do that different. And think about how you would do it. But also, after that's done, think about all the things you've done just for you, where you've taken something from someone, where you've been, where you've been selfish with only selfishness's sake, where you've only defined the world through what you want. And ask yourself, in other situations where you say, oh, I was such a putz, I should have done this. Ask yourself, and visualize how you would have done that differently. Now, don't go to the extreme. Be honest, you know. I hear people saying, Oh, I should have just went up and hit my boss in the kisser. Yeah, right. Come on, have you ever done it? No, no. How long have you been in the working world? Well, I've been working, Charles. I've been working for 27 years now. And I... Oh, really? Wow, that's a long time. Have you ever hit one of your bosses in the nose? Well, no, but I always wanted to. No, you didn't. Not really. You never really wanted to hit him in the nose, and you need to understand that that was never part of who you were. Well, if it wasn't for no, but that's the thing. It, there's no point in life where if it wasn't for. So the truth is, you really didn't want to. Because that came with it, all of these other attack things. And with that meditation, look into the idea of, well, if it wasn't for the law, well, remove that. And you want to go to the extreme, ask if they could kill you for it. If they could shoot you dead, dead, dead you'd still want to hit him in the nose. Because what you're really saying is if you were God and the world ran the way you wanted, well, you know what? That's not the exercise. The exercise is realistic events. It's to sit there and explore your light and your darkness as a realistic person. 
And I'll tell you, you will find your light and your darkness there. And I will tell you lastly on this, the darkest actions I've found come from the lightest concepts. The most horrendous acts come out of love. You know, I have seen a friend of mine, his child be hurt one time. And that's it. It's over. You know, what he would do, what he has done, is just insanely evil and vicious to the other person. And I'm good for that, because I understand that that kind of darkness only comes from light. That that kind of hatred is only born from love. That that kind of true malicious intent requires something in your heart that you're holding on to, to reach for, to go after it. You know, I have a good friend who is special forces, and me and him speak of morality frequently. And we define light and dark, and we toss this around, and I've said to him, I said, you know, I think if you didn't have people like us back here, like your family and your friends, you couldn't do the job you do. And he says, you know, I think about that an awful lot. And you're right, at the end of the day, if it was just about me, and it was just about this as a job, I would have quit a long time ago. But I understand that if I'm not over here doing this, you're not safe over there being able to live the life you are. And I would rather sacrifice something of myself. So he has to go, and he has to fight and kill, and a little part of him has to die every day to protect people like us, people like me, people like you that are listening right now. And in that, you understand then with these concepts, with a very real-world example that I've just given you of the extremes of light, the extremes of darkness, you understand maybe just a little bit more of what it means to awaken the night within.